Hello and welcome to episode seven, Dave Seven. Yeah, seven episodes. <laughs> That's kind of amazing. It it is it is something. <laughs> yes, uh, and you know seven's a very important number. Um, I, I dare say it is the perfect number. Dave, are you big into uh, Bible numerology? Is this one of your hobbies? You stay up late at night reading about numerology in the Bible. I do not. Yeah, me either. So I went to the internet ah. because I thought, oh, number seven, that's supposed to be a biblical number, right? And I don't, you know, like three's the Trinity. That's about all I got. One, there's one God, right? I, I, I knew seven was supposed to be special for some reason. So I went to the website, or not the website, I went to the internet and found a website. And I found out some very interesting things about the number seven. It's used 735 times. It's, uh, this guy says it's the foundation of God's word, which I kind of thought that would be God himself and not the number seven. <laughs> but uh, it's the number of completeness and perfection. Wow. It derives much of its meaning from being tied directly to God's creation of all things, apparently. According to the Jewish tradition, the creation of Adam occurred on October 7th, 3761 B.C., or the first day of Tishri, which is the seven month, the seventh month of the Hebrew calendar. Um, I I just how October se- How do you know that? I don't know. I guess you just go backwards from today and you stop it. Well, anyhow, October I know what I know what I'll be celebrating on October seventh this year: the creation of mankind. Uh, there are seven days in a week. Um, the word created is used seven times during God's, uh, or during the description of God's creative work. The Bible as a whole was originally divided into seven major divisions. I have a master's degree in the Bible and didn't know that. So I don't know if that's true or not, or if my education was just severely lacking. Um, there are at least seven men in the Old Testament who are specifically mentioned as the man of God. Uh, the book of Hebrews has seven titles, uh, that are used to refer to Christ. Um, in Matthew 13, Jesus is quoted as giving seven parables. Mm. which we'll get to eventually. Uh, in the book of Revelation, there are seven churches, seven angels to the seven churches, seven seals, seven trumpet plagues, seven thunders, and the seven last plagues. And the first resurrection of the dead takes place at the seventh trumpet, completing salvation for the church. So. Now the Revelation piece is kind of cool. Yeah. that all, And that then, as soon as I read that, I was like, oh, that's why seven's important. Right. Um, but take 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 what you will of all that. I I don't really get into the whole numerology business. It, it, it at some point starts to sound a whole lot like astrology to me. <laughs> at certain points, and you know. But that being said, we can't mess this episode up. There's just too much importance on this number. Too much Dave. importance. Was Jericho seven times? Do they go around Jericho seven times? Six times, and then the seventh time they. I don't know, but another story from college before we dive in. Uh-oh. Sorry. Uh, so, at my school, Taylor University, a fine, fine institute of academia and tomfoolery, uh, there are two main guide dorms on campus. And there is no frats at Taylor, so everything is, dorm life is, is everything. Um, and I lived in Wingetts, which was the superior dorm. Sammy Morris was the other one, and we wanted to 
march around Sammy Morris oh, no. silently <laughs> for I think six days, and then on the seventh day, just like whether it was boomboxes, just blare a bunch of music to see what would happen. But our hall director frowned upon it, so we didn't do it. But we wanted to get like all three hundred and fifty guys to do it every single day at like noon, like <laughs> right after chapel or whatever. Be a little intimidating. <laughs> yeah, but the things that would have been thrown at us by the second day. I mean. Because well, they would have known exactly what we were doing, you know, being good, biblically uh, founded individuals. They'd have been like, oh, they're doing the Jericho thing, and then they would have booby-trapped it. It would have been great, but... And he'd have felt really bad if the dorm fell down on the seventh day. Ah, uh, oh, man. <laughs> bad, powerful, really confused. Uh, yeah, that would have been rough. So anyhow, that was quite possibly the oddest intro to a show we've ever had. Sure. Yeah, I feel like the numerology thing was a bad way to go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I'm actually kind of intrigued by the, the sevens in Revelation. I don't, I mean, I, it's like vaguely familiar to me, but I, I guess I, I'm kind of like, hmm, I didn't, what, like, what's the significance of that? What's the significance of seven days and seven? Uh, I don't know. Maybe none. <laughs> Maybe none. So, that's that. Should we get rolling? Sure. All right, Dave, why don't you share with us something that we like? Well, one of the things that I like, and I think you like this as well. I do. I just, just, I just haven't read it in like eight years. I haven't read it in a while. Is uh, a book by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. It's called Life Together. It is a, it's a relatively small book, relatively short book. You could probably read it in two or three hours, if so inclined. And... As the title suggests, Life Together, it talks about doing life together, and particularly through the lens of uh, Christians doing life together. And uh, if you're not familiar, Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a theologian, a pastor, who uh, lived in Germany uh, as the Third Reich and Adolf Hitler came to power in Germany, and uh, he was a, a pacifist when all of that initially started. And by the time it was done, he actually took part in several different um, plots to assassinate Adolf Hitler. I forgot about that, yeah. And was ultimately arrested, along with, I think, his sister and her husband, uh, for one of their... And they all failed. It, it's kind of amazing, if you ever even study that aspect of uh, our... Of, History that uh -huh. there were quite a few attempts to assassinate Adolf Hitler that yeah, did Tom not. Tom Cruise was involved in one of them. <laughs> I think he was. I think he was. And uh, so he was. He was arrested, and and I mean, from from uh, the powers of the government at the time. I mean, he was he was lawfully arrested. Now you know morally and all that kind of thing. So, and he was ultimately uh, tried and found guilty, and. Uh, Oh, what's the guy's name? Heimlich. Uh, Heim no, not Heimlich. <laughs> Heimlich. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I don't feel bad for butchering a Nazi's name. So, um, he was uh, Heinrich Heimler. Mm. He was ultimately that's who uh, sentenced Hitler to be executed, which he was literally days. Bonhoeffer. Bonhoeffer was yes. Yeah, Hitler was not executed. He killed. No, himself. thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the one Bonhoeffer. thing I remember from history class. <laughs> uh, so he was ultimately executed hours before 
the concentration camp that he was in was liberated. Um, Seriously? I did not know mm-hmm. that. Yep. Yeah, it was... <sighs> that sucks. Yeah. Less than 24 hours. Less than a day. So, he wrote the book Life Together, and uh, I think it is, even though it was written, you know, 70-some years ago, it is very, very, very applicable today. Uh-huh. And even kind of... Uh, what 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 drew me back to it was when we were kind of talking about uh, what do we kind of feel like is one of the major issues with the church today or the world today, and and uh, I think individual rights and this sense of entitlement and just a lot of things that that we have and just how quickly people can get you know talking about road rage and just a lot of the things that that. Uh, just sort of pop up where people just feel like an injustice has been done to them. Mm-hmm. And here's Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who's writing under the Third Reich, talking about um, doing life together and the importance of it, and just what a blessing uh, it is, and um, that we probably, as Christians, need to die to self a whole lot more than we do, and really realize that just you and I can't be here doing this without Christ. I mean, it's just that—that's what it's talking about. Is mm-hmm. you truly to do life together? Uh, Christ has to be central to that and be a part of it. And uh, outside of of Jesus, outside of Christ, we really can't do a whole lot. And I don't think we live that way today. So I don't know if I'm doing the book justice, but um, it's a good book uh, that, even though it was written 70 years ago, applies to us today. And I think it does a good job of just kind of refocusing us back on to um, living life in Christ, making him the center, dying to self, understanding that, you know, when he calls us, he literally calls us to come and die and what that means for us. And, uh, and then even in that kind of what a blessing, uh, really Christian fellowship is and that, um, it's more than just potlucks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a lot more substance to it than, than that. And, uh, and even that, there's some very practical things that he, you know, kind of even revisits um, uh, reading the Psalms as prayers and that we've kind of lost, you know, he's talking about this 70 years ago that we've lost the the tradition of that. And I'm like, wow, yeah, we we've definitely haven't revisited that and, yeah. and implemented it. So recommend the book Life Together by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Again, it's just a quick read. And if you especially put it in the context of, of the world he was living in, as he wrote it, uh, it really, really kind of makes you realize how spoiled we are. And, um, again, just how much we, we focus on our, our individual rights, uh, when really we should be focusing on Christ and what he's calling us to do in not, uh, maybe, uh, demanding every right that we have as Americans be recognized. So, <laughs> just thinking about the entitlement stuff it's uh, I was watching uh, a TV show I can't remember what it was but they, they got on this whole uh, entitlements thing and uh, I think it might even have been House of Cards I don't remember <laughs> But anyways, when you when you sit back and think of all the things that, that yeah we feel like we are entitled to, and how trivial 
a majority of those things are is just mm-hmm. the, can help maybe put a little bit of perspective on especially when you read a book like that and realize he's going through one of the worst exactly things that's happened to humanity especially in recent history you know yeah. there's, there's been lots of situations like that throughout history much like the Israelites in Egypt uh, I wouldn't say it was as bad as the Holocaust but it was 400 years long so yeah you know um, it's yeah it's just very well and, and he even chose to go back to Germany I mean he could have stayed in America or even in England well I guess England was being bombed by Germany, so America probably would have been the better choice. But he could have stayed. He could have removed himself from that. Mm-hmm. And again, he had the right. He had the ability. He had the, you know, from an earthly, worldly standpoint, he could have stayed in America. Everybody's like, yeah, that's the good decision. But he truly was like, no, I feel God is calling me to be back in Germany for all this. And mm-hmm. uh, in obedience, he went back, and ultimately it cost him his life. Yeah. All right. Well, you can find a link to that book on our website at uh, masterclassfm.com slash masterclass slash seven, because this is episode seven. We've already covered that in. in, And and that's the number seven, not not S E V E N. Okay. Yep. The little little horizontal line with the diagonal one coming off the side. Yep. Number seven. Almost coughed there, but didn't. (laughs) Caught myself. We'll have uh, all the show notes, or all the links for all the notes that we, uh, all the stuff that we talk about. The notes are the links of the stuff that we talk about. Let's try that again. Uh, you can find that there. Uh, you can also get in contact with us at Masterclass FM on Twitter or on Facebook, Masterclass FM as well. Um, and we are we are actually live streaming this podcast right now on Meerkat, which is an iOS app. So. <laughs> you won't be able to go there now because when you hear this, we'll have already finished. Rec- this is like back to the. There's like, my mind's hurting because I'm talking <laughs> to somebody in the future. Correct. But we are currently live streaming that it won't be there when they listen. Correct. It's like time traveled. Dave, we're time travelers. We are time travelers. Our voices but, are anyhow. But we're gonna do show eight. We um, are. Tuesday. Tuesday, the seventeenth, St. Patty's Day. Yes. We will be recording Tuesday night, the seventeenth, at about eight ish PM Central Time. So if they want to check in on Tuesday night. You can see how pretty we are. <laughs> or not so pretty we are. <laughs> yeah, especially since the camera's on me right now, which is sorry, internet, radio face. But anyways, uh, I think it's time that we actually finally dive into our topic for the evening. Sounds good. Dave, would you do us the honors as always? I can sure try. All right, we're going to look at uh, Matthew 5, 27 through 30. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin... Cut it off, throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than your whole body go into hell. So, kind of pick up where we left off with some pretty strong language. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, I was not looking forward to this one. No. Uh, so I guess I'll just cut to my first question. Why don't we cut our eyeballs out? I don't know. Is that what we're supposed to do? 
That's what he says. <laughs> uh, I, I would say that we are not supposed to cut our eyeballs out because we're still going to sin if we cut our eyeballs out. And I... I don't think that's I don't I don't think you really rectify the situation by cutting your eyeballs out or cutting your hand off or you know I So you think he's speaking in hyperbole? I think he's speaking in hyperbole. I to, would agree. To prove a point. Yeah, well at what point is he proving by speaking in such um strong um visual terms? Well, I'm going to say I don't completely know. I think there's at least two things going on here. One, uh, you can certainly say that, there, that, that this is important. You know, you know <laughs> yeah. so if he's, I mean, uh, you're, you're talking about your whole body being thrown into hell. So uh, I think, you know, for someone like Jesus, particularly, you know, talking to the crowd, he says something like this, he's going to get people's attention. So I think it's important. Uh, I think the second piece of, is there sort of an element of uh, the absurdity of it all? And kind of what I was saying in terms of, you can you, you can cut your hands off, you can poke your eyes out, um, but you're still going to sin. You know, it's, it's not just a matter of looking at something and, and lusting. Because I can, I mean, I can certainly lust without looking... At a woman. Yeah, your brain has a, uh, a very terrible way of keeping those Keeping memories. those images. So, um, yeah, so, so I think that's, I think those are the two things that are going on here is, is that there is an importance to it. But then I think there's an element of, of he's pointing, he's, yeah, he's, he's pointing out the absurdity of, um, even what like the Pharisees would have, you know, uh, been about in his day. Uh, a list of do's and don'ts, do this and don't do that. And um, the reality is, is is we can't save ourselves. You know, even if we gouge our eyes out, cut our hands off, we don't have the ability to save ourselves. Yeah, I've always struggled with that part of of this passage just because, like, do we just say it's hyperbole just because that's the easy way to deal with it? Like, you don't really have to chop your hands off. Mm -hmm. uh, or, which I don't really you know, think is the case, but it's always one of those, it's like, but what if he actually meant it? But, you know, and I don't, because there's no proof that, I mean, the only limb or uh, body part that ever got chopped off was that dude's ear when Peter took the sword in the garden. Mm -hmm. um, but I just always had that thought, like, what if, he's not speaking in hyperbole mm -hmm. there'd be a lot of dudes with well, it'd be everybody yeah not just dudes <laughs> yeah it'd be blind leading the blind right I think so, so. yeah I, I, I would agree with you I, I agree that it's um hyperbole um and I I get what you're saying about like the, the absurdity of the, of the whole situation um but I think too by using such um drastic terms like the pharisees would say oh uh, ritualistically cleanse yourself go offer sacrifice you know do your penance essentially for mm -hmm. your sin um god is, is or jesus is coming at it from the exact opposite like this i mean he's already compared 
lust to physical adultery, which right. we're, we're going to get into later yeah. on. Um, so he's he's doing much the similar thing he did with anger and murder. Like he's getting to the the root sin of the action yes. that comes from it. And so by, I mean by comparing lust to adultery and then throwing on the chop your body parts off thing at the end, I think he's really hammering home this is incredibly important and this can destroy you um, probably even more so than anger because I mean anger can lead to murder and other things but lust can ruin families and not that you know murder does it obviously it does right. but you know when when a, a, a marriage breaks up because of an adult because of an adulterous situation that impacts the children which means that it's going to impact their children because they're going to parent differently or have you know what I mean like the the repercussions of an adulterous situation especially within the confines of marriage can have ripples for generations mm-hmm. um, and so I think what when I look at that it just reminds me like this is so serious and this has so much potential to cause trauma in so many lives that he's he's speaking in such strong terms because he wants to like you said get their attention like this is serious stuff that, that he's talking about um, so that's kind of the approach that I come from when I read it is I always question well is he really speaking hyperbole or is he not and then like okay like this is the this is like the one that you have to watch especially in today's you know media like I work at you know the bank and it's in a grocery store it's an in-store branch and there's just you know the magazines that are lining the the checkout lines and stuff and there's just like there's like a whole front row of the magazine catalog is like half naked women, and then there's like the one jacked muscle guy in a speedo, and then car <laughs> and then car magazines. And so it's like even going to buy a Coke, I just want to go get a pop. You gotta walk past six feet of half naked women, just to get a pop. <laughs> you know. So we'll get into that later. So now that we've we've covered the uh, eyeball gouging part out, which is. Pretty grotesque. It is. Let's take a step back to the beginning of the passage and just say, what is lust? Because I feel like that's a term we're going to use a lot tonight. Yes. And we need to kind of define the term so that we're all on the same page. How would you define lust? Well, and um, interestingly enough, in I didn't I didn't look at a lot of different versions of this, but. And I and I think it's one and the same thing, um, but it looks at a woman with lustful intent, and I do think that's the same as lust. Yeah. Um, I because there's there's nothing wrong um, with finding another person attractive. I don't. That's normal. That's normal. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong uh, with that at all. I think it's what you kind of that and I guess there is kind of that little bit more of lustful intent it's it's sort of a um you know why are you why are you looking at that person what is your intent what are you hoping to do with what you see and um I men are are such visual creatures much more so than women when it comes to lust and sex and things like that so mm-hmm. for the man it's very much about what we see and what we do with it so um i don't think seeing someone thinking someone's attractive is wrong i don't even think of really admiring um someone's you know like 
like kind of oh this is why she's attractive i like her smile i like her i like her figure i mean i really don't think there's anything wrong with those kinds of things i think it's when we take it to that next step of then and all guys are very good at this um <laughs> is then imagining doing things with her you know mm-hmm. whether it'd be kissing or go to sex or it's just picturing her naked or you know so it's what is you know, and I even think about like driving down the road and there's somebody jogging and you see him from like blocks away. Yeah. And, and so there's like, to me, that's one of those moments where like there is definite thought leading up to when I pass that person. Well, a, a woman, you know, generally it's going to be in shorts and probably like a sports bra or something like mm-hmm. that of I'm very aware of w- whether I'm going to look at her or not. You know, where in in everyday situations, I'm kind of like, you don't, you're not, I'm not so aware of it. But that kind of leading up to it, I'm kind of like, okay, am I going to choose to look away or am I going to choose to check her out? Mm-hmm. Because I would say even in that, whether I take it to that next thought level of whatever that may be, just the fact that I'm going to look at her to quote unquote check her out, I think has a lustful intent to it. It's kind of that, why am I looking at her? Mm-hmm. And, um, so I don't, I don't know. Did, what other thoughts do you have on what lust is and yeah, I, a I, lustful intent? I, I agree that there is a difference between an admiration of beauty or attractiveness and lust. I do think that's a very slippery slope. Though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and more so for some people than for other, for others. Like, I don't want to categorize all dudes as being total, like, you know sex maniacs but there are guys that are like that and there are guys that aren't um because uh, I, I appreciating beauty is something that god has instilled in us yes and this is i'm not talking about just like physical beauty uh, art music nature like god obviously appreciates beauty if you look at the world the northern lights the mountains the oceans the coral reefs the forests like he could have made life really boring and everything could have been beige. Mm-hmm. Like all of the houses in <laughs> suburbia. Uh, but he didn't. He made life full of color and beauty and difference and, and part of that beauty is in the way that he made man and woman. Um, that's why we all find other people attractive. Um, so I don't, like like you, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, wow, she's a she's a really pretty woman or he's a really handsome guy like there's no it's you're appreciating what god has made and, and you know uh, i do think though that for some of us the jump from she's really pretty to all sorts of inappropriate thoughts about her is a very very short gap for some people um and so for those people i think it's, a, it's something that you have to be very 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 conscious of of Yes, I can think that she's pretty, but then all of a sudden you turn the corner and right. you're in fantasy world, you know. Um, so I, I just I, I agree with you, just to, with a caution of the very slippery slope for, I'm mean, gonna imagine a lot of people of the jump from from pretty to lust is very quick. Yes, um, and I think a lot of it too is is um, and caveat before I say this I'm not making excuses for guys I'm not it's it's on and, and I'm not going to speak for women because I don't know what it's like to be a woman um, we have grown up in a society where we are trained 
to um, look at women a certain way, treat women a certain way, and they are trained to dress and act a certain way if they want to, you know, have the love of a man. And love is, is sex. It's not, you know, two people committed in Christian marriage for, you know, uh, for life. So it's it's becoming harder and harder. Like, I'm thinking about, like, you have two teenage daughters. I'm thinking about if I have teenage daughters in, you know, 15 years, how much different it's going to be. Like, because when your kids were born, things were not like they are now. No, and that is one thing I will say. The world is definitely different. You know, and, and, and so the stuff that your girls have to deal with being teenagers right now, um, what culture says they should dress like, look like, um, all that sort of stuff, act with boys like, is different than it was when I was a teenager. And it was hard when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. So I can't even imagine. I'm just like praying to God, just give me boys, give me boys. Because if, <laughs> if, if, if we have daughters and they look like my wife, I'm screwed, right? Like, <laughs> I'm just going to like want to crawl in a hole and die. Um but I just think about what what our culture is consistently throwing at people. This is how you should look. This is how you should act. This is um, what you should be doing. This is how you know. This is how you show and give love. And I just, I, I don't want to make excuses for guys because it is still on us to say, yes, I'm going to think this way or no, I'm not. Yes, I'm going to sin or no, I'm not. Yes, I'm going to treat women incorrectly or I'm going to treat women the way that, that God in the Bible tells me to um, but it's one of those areas that's becoming increasingly difficult um, for for Christian men to navigate because um, it really is one of those places where we're being a Christian you there is a stark line of this is exactly what the and it's and it's so countercultural now to not look at porn to not you know, sleep around, to not um, have flirtatious um, relationships with coworkers or whatever. You know what I mean? It's or a lot of a lot of Christianity, um, especially in America, you can you can kind of follow culture a little bit and you have a few various, you know, variations from what's going on, but like the area of like sex and marriage, you can't do that with what culture because it's they're just so opposite. Mm-hmm. what culture values and what, what God says. and So I totally just rambled there. I'm sorry. No. It's, I, I, just, I, I just don't know how parents deal with it now, how kids deal with it. I mean, I'm only, I'm only like 10 years older than your, your oldest daughter. That's not a lot of time. Mm-mm. But I, there was no smartphones when I was in high school. There was right. no Twitter. There was no Facebook. There was none of that stuff. Now, there is all that stuff, and yeah. we love Twitter, but the the social pressure that comes with those sorts of things, and the constant contact, and the sexting, and all that stuff, like, that wasn't around when I was in high school, and it was still really hard, yeah. so I just... Well, and that's, um, I supervised the school resource officers at the department where I work, and... There was kind of a, oh, a reporter that was looking for the, the, the big story. He was trying to, he, he wanted to know what was going on. He, he knew something was going on in the schools that would make a good story, but he could never stumble upon it. And 
the reality is 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 sex. Mm-hmm. Like you said, whether it was sexting, kids actually doing things at school, uh, kids doing things at school, then it getting posted on social media, and now they're making, they're contacting the police because they don't want it out there. But literally, I, I mean, we're talking Kansas. So, middle America, about as conservative as it gets in the world today, mm-hmm. on a daily basis, the high school, middle school, we were dealing with sex-related issues in like teenagers. Yeah, yeah like like literally daily. And, and so sexting, actual sexual acts going on at school, which, I'm, I mean, I you know, it's been, holy cow, it's been 30 years since I was <laughs> in, in middle school. Um, but, uh, and, and, you know, I know That's some of this. like 15 for me, so... <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't know. There was something about wow, nineteen eighty four. But anyway, um, that was a good album too. Um, <laughs> Ooh. There's Rush. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, it it is just it is much more prevalent than it was. And then um, I I also work in a college town, and just seeing the way the kids behave on a Friday Saturday night, and it's just um, it, it is not the same as it was. Mm-hmm. 25 years ago so no doubt about that and and just even tv shows you know it just uh it, having sex is a given mm-hmm. you know my my and and this show's actually not this the, this show's uh going back 20 years is uh friends you know and that was one of those shows that it, it seems it seems pretty harmless it really does it's it's funny it's clever Likeable characters, very real characters, but much of their, almost every episode revolves around somebody having sex, whether it's been a long time since they had it, or (laughs) it's because of who they had it with, or they're having it with somebody they don't want the other friends having it. And I just, you know, I'm not going to completely tell my girls they can't watch that stuff. I'm very much a, you got to be in the world, not of the world, and... uh, probably more lenient than most Christian parents when it comes to stuff. But I feel like it's my role to talk to my girls about that mm-hmm. and just to tell them that that's not what relationships are about. Even though that's the message you're being fed, it's, and they hear it at school. Well, and, and what's kind of interesting is if you watch shows like that or how I met your mother or a lot of, um, those types of shows where it's a bunch of single friends mm-hmm. or, what gets communicated over and over again in those shows is that they're never satisfied with those sorts of relationships. Uh-huh. Yet, they're always promoting that sort of lifestyle. And it's yes. just one of those things I've always scratched my head at. I'm like, do they realize? Like, obviously, the point they're getting across is that, oh, it's fun and, and it's worth the pain. But it's like, if you watch that, they're always hurt. Yes. Even even in the writing, when they're trying to promote this promiscuous lifestyle, they still have to write in the pain. They have to write in the hurt. They have to write in the struggle. And... And I'm like, how are people not picking up on that? And maybe some people do, and that's great. I don't, I'm, I'm not, you know, the only person that's picked up on this. But it's, it's obvious, like, the fights and the stress, it, it, it's there in fake people. And, yeah. f- and, and TV is the best of, you know, what we think life is supposed <laughs> to be about. And it's still there. It's like, that's real. Like, that, that's, that is a... Uh, result of not doing things the way that God intended of treating relationships like God, you know, right. didn't intend. But anyways, 
Okay, here's a good here's a good question to kind of wrap that tangent back in. How do we retrain ourselves to remember that lust is sinful and has an awful impact on us and potentially on our relationships and our life? Because like I think we all like intellectually we're like, yeah, lust is a bad thing. But I feel like we don't treat it that way. Or I mean, I'll speak for myself here. I don't treat it that way as like, oh, it's so serious, I should be cutting my body parts off. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like, on the scale of, eh, it's not a bad thing chopping my hand off, lust for me is always one of those, like, eh. It's very far on that side of the spectrum. So how do we retrain ourselves, especially, you know, nowadays when we're just bombarded over and over with stuff that we are we're, we're constantly being told it's okay it's a good thing there's a billion dollar industries built off of it uh, how do we retrain ourselves to start thinking that way well it, I mean I, I am a firm believer in that the bible still has application today and that's why we're doing the podcast while we're doing the podcast <laughs> and specifically what um, what Jesus said so uh, I think one of the ways that we retrain ourselves is that we um, we spend time in the Word. We spend time in Scripture. And the older I get, the more... Um, I'm not going to say... Well, I might be at a point in my life where I put in more God and His Word than I do television. I might be. As a, as, as, a, as a 44-year-old... And that's something that I feel like I've worked towards. So I think that's the first thing is I think putting um, scripture in there. And as, and as we read scripture that, you know, um, ultimately pursuing anything other than God is not worth it. And uh, that, you know, maybe some of it just comes with life experience. You start to realize that those things um, aren't worth it, and they really don't fulfill like we think that they're going to. So, and then there's just that sense of if I'm choosing something other than God, it is, it's just not healthy. It's not good for me. And uh, you know, we talk about being thrown into hell, and I know very much the the mental image that people get of hell is fire and brimstone eternal punishment, that sort of a thing. And I, I still think this is a, a difficult concept to grasp, but it's even one of those things for me that is just, hell is the absence of God. And that's just so hard to kind of even comprehend. You know, fire and brimstone we kind of get because it's something concrete, tangible that we can relate with. Being somewhere where God isn't present, it's sort of like, what's the big deal? Um, until you really truly think about that. But... Um, ultimately, when we choose to lust, when we choose those sort of things, we are choosing against God. We are choosing for hell. We are choosing to be separated from God. Now again, Romans 8, um, 38 and 39, I don't think there's anything that can separate us uh, from God uh, if we have chosen to follow Him. Uh, and so... I'm, I'm, I, so finally, I'm just going to say scripture and then particularly uh, 
for us as individuals, we probably need to, to have some scripture that we can quote, that we can memorize, so that when we are tempted, uh, we choose to, to focus, to, to, to bring that to our mind instead of what we might naturally do after we've lusted after somebody. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, it's not easy. I, I'm not even going to begin to, because there's times where I, I mean, I hate to say it, but I'm just like, I don't care, God, I want to lust. I mean, I'm just, I'm going to choose the bad thing. And when I say bad thing, I mean something that's not good for me mm. rather than choose you. So I think the, 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 um, the relearning definitely comes from scripture and, and spending time with God, but it, it, it's a, um, it's an addiction and I think addictions are bad habits that have a very, very strong hold over us. And we choose that bad habit um, time and again. I mean, I'm just, and, you know, Romans, the book of Romans is a, is a wonderful place uh, to begin with this because Paul talks about, you know, this very thing. Um, cause I know I don't want to, I don't want to, um, and I'm drawing a blank of, is it Romans seven? Um, I do the very thing which I don't want to do. You know, I'm, I sin when I don't want to sin. Why is it in my, you know, mentally I can sit here with you and say, this is what I don't want to do. And yet I do the very thing I don't want to do. It's incredibly frustrating. So, um, <laughs> But, and it's just interesting because, um, I, I, um, I also have a privilege of, of doing some training with the police officers that I work with. And it's just interesting because I'm teaching a class on fair and impartial policing, which comes down to ethics, doing the right thing. And one of the things I can say to a room full of cops that may or may, may not be Christians is there's this gap between what I believe and what I want to do and what I actually do. And that is across the board as human beings, eating correctly, <laughs> sleeping correctly, exercising, you know, studying. It, it, you take any kind of discipline, mm-hmm. and more often than not, we tend to choose the bad thing over what we know is best for us. Even though mentally we're like, I know this is what is the best thing for me, but I'm still going to choose this other thing, I think it almost kind of defines who we are. <laughs> I was going to say, that sounds a lot like uh, human nature to me. Yeah. Is that we, we know what's right and what's good, but we choose what's easy or faster. Well, maybe one more question, and I think this might just be a a good way to kind of wrap our thoughts up, um, hopefully in a comprehensible little bow, as it were. Um, why does this specific teaching of Jesus matter today? And I, we've hit on this, I think, a few times, but it might just be a last chance to sum it up. Um, I, I, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of go. It, it, 
we <laughs> it kind of go, I'm, I'm thinking about your wild at heart <laughs> you're talking about you're gonna go climb a mountain go climb Jesus. a mountain for Jesus yeah <laughs> but but I think there's I think there's a little bit of truth in that in that we settle for pornography we settle for lusting we settle for um, we're such spectators on so much of what we do like even with sports I mean I love baseball I love college basketball but go blue Go blue. Um, yeah, I'm not even going to say who I'm. <laughs> They've had a horrible year. Um, but we just, I, I feel like we fill it with crap. And I truly mean crap. It's just, it's stuff that, um, again, don't get me wrong. I, 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 there's nothing wrong with enjoying sports. There's nothing wrong with that. But anytime we, we allow something, we worship it. You know, we long for it to the point of it becomes a God to us. It is not healthy. And that is what I think in many, many ways lust is for us. Uh, it becomes a God. It becomes something that we so want that we allow it to take the place of God in our lives. And so that's, I think that is, the, you know... The, the, the bigger issue of just how much time do we spend doing that versus yeah I think to to me the the frequency and the ease with which lust can happen yeah um, as opposed to like uh, intimacy in a marriage with your spouse like you can lust nine million times a day and it's really easy to do and no one would even know of it no. Whereas, you know, the frequency with which, you know, you have intimacy in your marriage, you know, it's going to be a lot less mm-hmm. than, you know yeah. what I mean? And and while one is what God prescribes and, and gives us, you know, as something to be enjoyed, the other is much easier and much more secret and much more common. Um, and so I think, yeah, your point is the, 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 uh, the habit... You know, the more you do something, the more you're likely to do it again. Um, and so I just, I think that, that this teaching is is very important um, for us now um, because it's becoming, you know, um, exponentially easier to just live in a lustful state your whole day. Um, you know, depending on, on your context and your environment, but... I mean, with with Instagram and Facebook and magazine stands and just pretty much every television show on TV or movies, there's just there's always an opportunity for you to be put in a situation where lust is a very like blinking like the neon sign like lust 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 you know that's. So I think it's I think it's important and it matters today because it addresses something that is prevalent in our society, something that our society encourages. I mean, there's even websites dedicated to having affairs. Yeah. Like you sign up for it and you go have an affair at a hotel and it's like Facebook for, you know, sex buddies. It's like, this is a thing that's on billboards for everyone to see. Yeah. Uh, so I think it matters because because Jesus is, is speaking about something that has potential to ruin us um, and he's he's warning us in, in 
large words to stay away. <laughs> um, but in order to know that, you have to read scripture. And a lot of times when people ask, how do I not lust? How do I avoid anger? How do I treat my spouse better? How am I better at my job? When they hear the answer, well, read your Bible. And they're like, well, no, 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 but what do I, what do I have to do? read your Bible. No, but just give me like three steps. Okay, one, open your Bible. <laughs> Two, read it. Like, the, it's not that or that reading your Bible and praying, like, they're just not answers that people want to hear when spending time with God and spending time in, in His His Word is two of the most important things we could be doing. But yes. like you said, when we're presented with choosing something to do for God or choosing something that's that's easier... Oftentimes we choose the easier one. And so I just, I get frustrated with myself, especially when I'm like, well, what do I need to do? Like, give me the, the three-step process to solving this problem. Well, it's not going to be a three-step process. You know, I'm a 28-year-old man. I've, I've had, you know, mm-hmm. I've had a lot of lust in my life. Right. That's not going to go away in three easy steps. That's going to go away with, like you said, more and more time with, spent with God and spent with godly people. Um, replacing those... Ha- bad, sinful habits and desires with good and godly ones that comes with spending time with God and realizing the depth of his love and his grace and his mercy and the truth of his word. Um, And so, yeah, I just say, I mean, this teaching, everything that we've talked about thus far through seven episodes, it matters because God took the time to put it in a book the only i mean the the enduring legacy of his revelation to us he took the time to put it in here because he knows what a sin like this can do Mm -hmm. to a person so yes any last thoughts um you know it's uh i was thinking of romans uh 7 15 when i was talking about paul and one of the things is, is you can definitely find um, an individual uh, scripture to, to quote to yourself, to, to meditate on when you're, when you're tempted. But, but there's definitely this, all single verses are part of a bigger picture in scripture. And that's, I guess, one of the things that I would just encourage people is that um, it Growing in Christ comes from discipline. And we talk about reading your Bible, and we talk about uh, prayer, and meditating on Scripture, and memorization of Scripture. And, you know, I don't know if we'll eventually get to some of this stuff, but, um, you know, things like fasting still have its place in our world today, uh, mm-hmm. where we deny ourselves something intentionally, um, and, and hopefully uh, fill that uh with God, um, and just that, you know, so just even like a verse where, where Paul is talking about, I don't do the very things that I wish I did do, and it's sin within me, and the law, and, you know, I need God's grace. You got to read everything. It's, it's, you know, it's the whole Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, and, uh, would just encourage people to do that, and, um, uh, there, the one, I guess I'll throw out another book just as a thought is uh, Richard Foster's 
uh, celebration of discipline. Mm-hmm. If, if people are thinking about uh, fasting or meditation or just some of the, the things that help us um, to draw near to God, and, and it, it's not that quick one, two, three. I mean, it's a lifestyle change. Uh, that's a good place to start is, yeah. is that book there. So that's, I guess, my last thought of, um, and I think lust is one of those things that, it, like you said, it kind of gets ingrained at us from a very early age. You know, as, as a teenage boy, uh-huh. you, you start creating habits, you know, doing things that, that aren't good and um, are very normal. <laughs> I don't want anybody to think that the things that lust and that aren't normal, but you've spent so many years in a certain behavior pattern that it does take a long time to 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 change that. Yeah, the, the barrier to entry for lust is really low, um, but once you fall in that pit, it's really hard to climb back out. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I think that wraps it up for episode seven. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Really, thank you, thank you, thank you. This is still kind of blows our mind that people take an hour out of their day to listen to us talk. Yeah. It's just, it's super cool and, and humbling for sure. Um, but we'd love to hear from you if you do take the time to listen. Um, so the best way to do that is Masterclass FM, or sorry, at Masterclass FM on Twitter or uh, through email masterclassfm at gmail.com. Again, you can find the show notes for this episode at masterclassfm.com slash masterclass slash seven or if you're listening to a podcast app on your phone, most likely you'll be able to find the show notes there if you just scroll up. They should be hidden down there somewhere. Um, and if you like what we're doing and you want to help us maybe get a shock mount for a microphone, <laughs> you can go to our website, masterclassfm.com, slash donate, and give us like a buck or two. That would be like, probably would make my month if someone donated a dollar. I would be, I'd probably take a photo of myself or a video of myself <laughs> dancing and send it to Dave. Um, because that would just be really cool. But anyways, uh, hope you guys have a great week. We will see you next week with episode eight. Yes. All right. Well, I think that's it. That is it. All right. Bye. Bye.